The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. So we talked in the morning about the pair that deals with wanting, right? Sensual desire and ill will and aversion. <clears throat> there we have a pair. And it's all about wanting or not wanting. And now we have another pair. And this pair is all about energy, as Diana was already talking. Um, the other side of the coin of this pair is restlessness and worry. So in one in the first half of this pair, there's too little energy, or we can't access our energy. It's more more likely the case in this in this context. In in this one, restlessness and worry, there is energy. There is a lot of energy. However, it's very erratic, right? It's an energy that's unpleasant. It. The image that um, I like about restlessness and worry is like a ping-pong ball that is bouncing back and forth in a small space. And it just keeps getting momentum, so it's hard for it to stop because it's, it's held very tightly in this small space. So just like ill will... This hindrance is also very hard on the body. It feels very, very uncomfortable, right? We want to, if we sit down and we have restlessness and restlessness and worry, what we want to do is bolt. And we come up with all these amazing justifications of why it really is the right thing to get up or to fidget. And it's very hard to sit still when there's restlessness. That's the body. And the mind, the mind just keeps hopping from one topic to the next. It's fragmented. Very, very difficult to focus. The image, again, that we get in the, in the Dharma for restlessness and worry is a vessel with water, but this time the surface of the water is whipped by the wind. So we get all these waves on the surface of the water. When we are feeling restless, we try to find a way to escape it. And we know what are the most common ways that we go towards is to get ourselves busy, right? And then um, not only busy, but also we want to distract ourselves from this uncomfortable feeling of being restless. And the problem about this logistic is that it creates even more restlessness, right? Because we are running away from it. So we're making ourselves busy. So we're, then we're running, running, running. We're doing more and more and more things. And then, of course, we are more restless. And distracting ourselves, well, we know at, in some level in our minds that, that that's there. That, that 
that we're not wanting to see it. And that's uncomfortable. So we touched upon this earlier, you know, how restlessness and worry has a component of if it's happening in the in the present or in the future when we are worried about the past then we're filled with regret that's a kind of worry you know we're we're sorry we did this we are uncomfortable for having said or done something that's regret and then restlessness applied to the future well that's worry worry um for me, it helped a lot to realize that you can always count on a reason for being worried. There's never a lack for a reason. So it, it, it's more like we have to kind of decide, do I want it, this mode of being to be my default mode? A big, big topic about uh, worry, of course, is protecting our self-image. We do put an enormous amount of energy and effort and propping up that I look good. So that's a very large one. Another area where worry is is, uh, interesting to look at is that very often we mix up worry with caring for people and loving people. Isn't it interesting? I was, I was teaching a class in East Palo Alto, and um, we were talking about mindfulness, and, and, and one of, this is a group of mothers, and one of the mothers said, no, I, 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 can't, I can't do this, because, because if I really just focus on myself, it's not fair, it's not loyal to my family. They're going through a hard time. I need to be thinking about them. So, you know, it's, it's really, what are, we, what are we going to help, what are we going to bring about by, by spinning these thoughts? Of course, there's a time to think and strategize, you know, very conscious, okay, there are certain things I can do. But most of the time, the worrying is just this incessant, fragmented mind hopping from one thing to another that is not really very fruitful. So if, if we apply this concept that we find in Buddhism of the far enemy and the close enemy for something like caring, which was the issue with this woman, remember that in the far enemy, so for, let's take the term caring for, for people. The far enemy would be the opposite that's very obvious. So that would be, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally uncaring about, about somebody callous, right? And the, and the close enemy would be to worry or to fuss. So there is where we have to apply the discernment. It's not, it's not the same thing to care about somebody and to worry about somebody, there is a distinction. I want to share a poem with you by the German poet Goethe. It's called Worry. Don't come back to this circle again and always back again. 
Permit, oh, permit me be. Grant, oh, grant me happiness. Should I flee? Should I seize? Alas, doubting that's enough. Won't you grant me happiness? Worry then, so make me wise. So, worry, make me wise. So how can we make worry a source of wisdom, a source of insight? So with mindfulness, of course, as we do with so many instances, we bring the attention to the body. And it's very helpful to envision, as we will do in the meditation, to envision your body as very spacious. And so you can allow this energy that's going back and forth and back and forth to find space and eventually this ball that is ricocheting back and forth will slowly stop because there's a large space to bounce back and forth. It was very touching for me to watch uh, somebody uh, do some meditation. I, I teach men who've just come out of jail who are sexual offenders and um, I asked him to sit down and do a meditation, short, mind you. <clears throat> it was really amazing for me to see how difficult it was. This man was sweating. It was so challenging to sit still. And so what is it? What, is, what makes it so hard? The core of, if we're going to look at how to prevent restlessness and worry, is to live an ethical life. If we haven't lived an ethical life, and we are asked to sit still and commune with ourselves, that's extremely frightful, right? You have to look at your behavior. You have to look at what you're carrying inside, So again, we want to know how we, um, how, what brought about the restlessness and worry. We look at the causes. It's not necessary to ruminate about the causes, but just be aware of them. And as we investigate the causes, we begin to notice that it's more productive to really investigate the causes and be aware of the causes than the restlessness itself. And it's, again, because it's, it's going a little bit below of what this hindrance is covering. Pain was mentioned a, a little bit earlier. Um, pain, of course, can cause restlessness and, and worry, and with pain, we have to be very discerning. We want to begin to uh, treat it appropriately. You know, if, if, it, if it is that we need to stand, if, we need to, if it is that we need to take medication, uh, yes. But then once we've taken care of that part that keeps us safe, we want to really pay attention about our response to the pain. So separate 
the experience pain to how do I relate to pain? Thinking, of course, incessant thinking can be a cause of restlessness. And in that case, I'd like to keep in mind this uh, image of if we make a tight fist and we relax it, there's, there's ease, there's well-being. And Gil talks about the, a tight thinking muscle. So we want to relax that thinking muscle. And also the beliefs, of course, we want to look at the beliefs that, that come into the, um, that are feeding the restlessness and worry. What ideas do we have about safety, about how things ought to be? <coughs> how am we doing time-wise? I didn't check the time. Okay, so I think, yes, I think we, we better. Um, yeah, so just to finish, in the Dharma, I like very much that it, when it said that when we are freed from restlessness and worry, it's like being freed from slavery. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Slavery. So freed from slavery. So now we are going to do... A, Guided meditation. <coughs> to keep it short. So we want to, uh, yes, very good idea. I see somebody standing at this time of day. Do Pay attention to what's best for your body right now. We need to bring a certain amount of energy. So if standing is what is going to keep you alert, please do so. And if you haven't closed your eyes, close your eyes. And begin by taking five slow, deep breaths, making the in-breath long to bring in some energy. This body is like a musical instrument that so easily is out of tune. One moment there's sloth and torpor, and the next moment there's restlessness and worry. 
So we set the intention to make room for whatever state presents itself, not to judge it. And now I invite you to visualize your body very spacious, spacious and porous. Body becoming so spacious that whatever restlessness or worry can be present has room to find quiescence. So we learn to breathe through restlessness. The more attention we bring to our breath, the less attention there will be for the worrying mind to spin on or spin off worrying tales. If there's any restlessness now, to pay attention how and where in the body it gets expressed.
And perhaps you can also explore how easily one can fall over to the side of sloth and torpor. Is it possible to see the changing energy as something that is not personal, is not a failing? Okay, so let's break into small groups again. Let's see, how can we do this so we're not, uh, so that we're mixing up the groups? So maybe, um, I don't know, do you, do you want to kind of, yeah, okay. Can you guys kind of, you'll be with half of the same people and half somebody new, I guess. There'll be one group of one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, we're down to two groups of three. Somebody needs to be here with Sylvie and Jim. Joe, I'm sorry. Is that is your name? It's Joe? Yeah, sorry. Okay, and you may want to make a little bit of space between the groups so that you don't... Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. You guys are all having these. <laughs> I'll say the question, and then you can push pause afterwards. Great. Thank you, guys, for that. So Andrea mentioned that sometimes people um, confuse caring with worrying. They have this belief that if you care about somebody or care about something, you worry about it. What? other beliefs support worrying? What kind of stories do you have or ideas that you have that make you think that worrying is a good idea? And what I mean by worrying is kind of like this recurring, recessant, maybe has a little bit of obsessive quality to it, you know, just this ruminative quality of about things in the future. So what other beliefs do you have about worrying that underlie your worries? Thank you. 
I think you'll, you'll hit record the, to kind of start to get off of pause. Oh, here we are recording. Okay, that's fine. People out there in the audio world know that we're not perfect here. <laughs> so here's um, a second question. So when we find ourselves with some restlessness, whether it's in the body or in the mind or both, an antidote is to become calm. But it's not always easy to become calm, right? But what importance do you give to calmness in your life in general? Do you value calmness? Do you think it's some overrated? Or what kind of attitudes do you have towards calmness? And then I'll ring the bell again in a few moments. Thank you. Microphone and a striker so you can see.